tell you a story. This will. There was a story of a young child who was in school, and I don't quite know what they were doing in their primary school. Um, I don't know, maybe four or five. And they, they were talking about moving. And the teacher um, had, you know, like a car or picture of a car or whatever, and they had some boxes, and we could put these in the boot, couldn't we? And this little child pipes up and he says, oh no, miss, you can't put them in the boot. That's where the bodies go. I know, true story. (laughs) This poor teacher is sitting there going, I don't know if I should call the police or social services, or both. But she asks the child a few more probing questions, and it turns out that said son um, is the son of a funeral director. And all suddenly makes um, a little bit more sense, um, and all thoughts of sudden illegal activities and bodies under the patio are all a bit better. But it makes the point quite nicely that when we uh, hear stories, context is often very important. And in tonight's Bible Bible reading uh, is no exception. Context is very important. And often we hear this passage uh, read and we think of poor Mary and Joseph who lose their child. um, And we think what terrible parents they are. Um, I mean, losing a child is one thing, but losing the Son of God is entirely another. And what's more, he is missing for a whole day before they even notice. And then we think, my goodness, how terrifying must it be that they lost their child? And I think the problem um, with it is, is often we, we put our own context Um, to the reading Um, and often when we think about a 12 year old boy we think about a child we think about what we would see as a what a 12 year old kid might be like today and yet Jesus in the story is not just a 12 year old kid as you and I would see it Jesus in this point is 12 he's nearly 13 at 13 he would have had his bar mitzvah This is not Jesus the child, this is Jesus who is nearly a man. This is Jesus who at this point would be expected to be thinking much more like an adult than he would uh, be expected to be thinking like a child. And so when Mary and Joseph lose him, they're not worried because they just kind of expect him to be off um, with some, with some other member of the family. I mean, I do that. If my, if my family are around, I don't see why I should have to have any parental responsibility. <laughs> but within the context, Jesus is not a boy, despite the fact that even in many of our translations, we still read about the boy Jesus, but not a boy in the way that we um, would see it. And so whilst it might still be a story of uh, Jesus going missing. It's not quite the story that perhaps we start out thinking it is. And so tonight, I would want uh, us, I just want us to think a little bit really about the question, is Jesus really missing? 
is Jesus really missing? Or is he just left behind in the busyness of life? Now, Mary and Joseph are traveling back from Jerusalem to Nazareth. That's about 80 miles. So it's about a three or four day walk if you walk 20 to 25 miles a day. It's a big journey. And we don't know what they're doing on this journey. We don't, we're not told. We don't know um, kind of what their day has entailed. We don't know um, how many other children they've got at this point. It could be quite stressful. They could have um, lots of little people running around. We don't know. They could be like most normal couples. And when you set out on a long journey, the first thing you do is have a row. We don't know what they're doing. But we do know that they are not aware that Jesus is not with them until the end of the day comes. You know, they haven't, nothing big has happened in the day that's been really good that they've needed to tell him about. Nothing bad has happened that means that they've had to find him to tell him. It's just been ordinary, everyday life. And in the ordinary, everyday stuff of life, they just notice, they just don't notice that he's not there until some of that stuff is all quietened down at night. And then they realize he's gone. And I wonder, I wonder for how many of us that is the same for us. That actually Jesus isn't missing But often we lose him in the busyness of life. Life is busy for all of us. It doesn't matter who we are, life is busy. We are busier now as human beings than at any other time in human history. Our brains process now during one day what before they used to process in a whole year. It's bonkers. We work longer hours. Technology connects us with one another 24-7, which is both a blessing and a curse. We actually even walk, talk, and eat 10% faster now than we did just a decade ago. It's bonkers. Life is busy. And sometimes in amongst all that, things get lost. And it's not that we do it on purpose. It's not that we don't have really good intentions. It's just that life is busy. And in its busyness, there simply isn't time for everything. You know, somebody bought me um, a couple of books for Christmas. And they look really good books. And I read the back and I thought, oh, those are books that I think I want to read. And so I left them out purposefully so that I would not put them away. I left them out so that I would see them and I would read them. It is February this week. The covers of those books have not been opened. (laughs) Not because I haven't wanted to, not because my intentions weren't good, but just because the stuff of life has got in the way. And the challenge, I think, that this passage gives us is that Sometimes we need to stop and ask ourselves, are we losing Jesus in the busyness of everyday life? Not because we intend to, not because we're doing it on purpose. 
Our intentions might be brilliant, but then something happens and we don't quite have enough time to read that Bible that we've left out on the side with all the good intentions of reading it. That we don't have the time to spend in prayer that we would want. And that actually, sometimes, just as Mary and Joseph didn't notice that Jesus was gone until the end of the day, sometimes it happens so gradually in the busyness of life that we don't even notice how far we've gone. I think the challenge for us is to stop and to ask ourselves, I'm worried that I'm going to fall over those. Um, To ask ourselves, where is Jesus in the busyness? Have I left him behind? Do I need to reset my priorities a little bit? Do I need to be more intentional? Do I need to find somebody who will help me be accountable to the things that I want to do with Jesus? We have to set those intentions. Kai is very good at it. Um, He would be, wouldn't he? Um, (laughs) But every morning, the first thing he does is he says the daily office, which essentially means he reads his Bible and he prays before he does anything else. I do not do that. I get up with a list of things that is probably left over from the day before (laughs) of things that I need to do. But I try. And I try for me. And once the kids have gone to school, whether it's walking the last one to school or driving the last one to school, on my return journey, in that precious moment of quiet, that is when I try to to spend a bit of time with God and, and bring the day to him. And it's a few hours late, I know, but it's where I'm at. And for all of us, it's just about um, laying that intention of where in my day am I going to make sure that Jesus doesn't go missing? Is Jesus missing? Or did he just get lost in the busyness or left behind in the busyness of life? Is Jesus missing? Or were, we, or were they just looking in all the wrong places. Mary and Joseph uh, realize that Jesus is missing. They look around because they think it's all right, he's with somebody else. They look around, they discover that he is not with the other members of family. And I can't imagine what this must have been like having walked 20 odd miles to then go, we're going to have to go back to find him. And But they do, they go back and we're told it is another couple of days before they find Jesus. They spend a few days looking for him and yet they don't find him. Why? Because they are looking for him in all the wrong places. I don't know where they actually looked for him. It doesn't tell us where they go for those two days. But I'm imagining that they went looking for him in all the kinds of places that you would go and expect to find a 12-year-old. Except Jesus, love him, is not your average 12-year-old. They didn't find Jesus because they were looking in all the wrong places. And when they find Jesus, they find him in the temple, and Mary does what every, every good mam does when a child's gone missing. The first thing she does is she gives him a row. 
And she says, what were you doing? And then I reckon she gave him a hug. You know, that relief and (laughs) the relief of finding him. But they weren't looking in the right place for him because they didn't yet fully understand who Jesus was. And because they didn't know who Jesus was fully, they didn't know where to find him. Now, of course, Mary and Joseph knew that, um, that Jesus was the Son of God. They knew that he um, had come to save the world. But they didn't really know what that looked like yet. You know, Jesus was still just a 12-year-old kid. Well, not a kid, but you know what I'm saying. Sometimes, when we think Jesus is missing... When we think Jesus is far away from us, it's not that he's lost. It's just that we go looking for him in all the wrong places. You know, sometimes when we, uh, when we do stuff, we have to think, well, why, why am I doing this? Am I doing this for the approval of one or two particular people? Am I doing this um, because uh, I want affirmation from somewhere else? Because if we're looking for our approval and our affirmation from from anywhere other than Jesus, then we're going to be disappointed. Are we um, looking for Jesus in our own understanding? Do we find ourselves going, well, I think this. Or do we find ourselves saying, I know this because this is what the Bible says? Do we find ourselves uh, going down rabbit warrens of online preachers on YouTube and listening to them and just taking what they say as truth? Because many of them are brilliant and they sound very convincing. But just because we sound convincing doesn't mean that we're actually saying things that are compatible with God and compatible with the Bible. Do we listen without question? Or do we look for God in the place where we know the truth is in the Bible? Is Jesus missing? Or are we just looking for him in all the wrong places? And that's a challenge. The challenge is, us for, the challenge is there for us to say... Where am I looking for Jesus? Am I looking for Jesus in the Bible? The place where we know that the truth is. Are we looking for him in his word? And that takes courage. Because sometimes looking for him in the place where we know he is means that he might give us an answer that we didn't really want. My next question is this, is Jesus missing or is he just not doing or saying what we wanted him to do or say? You see, life is hard, isn't it? Like um, we all go through ups and downs. Life is hard at times for all of us. You don't need me to stand here and tell you that. But sometimes when life is hard... When Jesus is not doing the things that we want him to do, when Jesus um, uh, has not given us what we want or what we thought we should uh, have, 
sometimes it can just feel like we've been left out on our own. Sometimes it can feel like Jesus isn't there. But often, that's because we're really grumpy with him. And we're not actually looking for him anymore. When, um, when Kai and I were just starting out in ministry, we, um, we had it all planned. We were fresh-faced and new. And one of us had more hair than we have now. And uh, embarrass me. <laughs> and um, anywho, we, we thought we knew it all. We thought we knew it all. We thought we had it all sorted. We uh, had where we thought we were going to go. We thought that was great. We knew what we were going to do. And here's looking for Jesus in all the wrong places. We'd asked the people that loved us and that we knew. And they told us that it was a good idea too. So we had to be on to a sure thing. Except nobody had told the bishop this. And so the bishop, when he uh, said to us, this is where I'd like you to go, he did not say where we wanted to go. He said, I think you should go to Bridge End. Now, I'm very sorry if there's anybody here who lives in Bridge End, or you've all, like the whole of Bridge End has probably tuned in online just to hear me say this tonight. Bridge End is a horrible place. If you ever get asked to go to Bridge End, just say no. Well, it wasn't right for, we didn't like it anyway. So we were very grumpy and we went to Bridge End being very, very grumpy and we did not want to go to Bridge End and no good can come from being in Bridge End. And um, we moved in and we inherited a window cleaner when we moved in. And um, he was a lovely guy. He went to one of the independent churches um, in the town and there was this pear tree in the back garden and I didn't know it was a pear tree I'm not a gardener I'm like chop it down I, d- I don't mind and the pear and the and the, uh, the window cleaner comes in one day and he says oh he says have you seen that pear tree isn't it wonderful he said and there's new fruit coming and he said and I think this is what God's doing for you too he said look at that new fruit it's a sign it's a sign of all the new fruit that's going to be grown in you we just went yeah whatever and we completely dismissed him. <laughs> Even now, more than a decade later, when anything ever happens, we hark back to Bridge End and to what we learn in that place. Because we couldn't see it at the time, because we were far too grumpy at God to ever imagine that he might have been there with us. <laughs> But actually, what he was doing in that time was teaching us and growing us and preparing us for everything that was to come. I don't think I'm being too melodramatic when I say, we, how long we were there? Two years, 18 months, two years, something like that. But they are some of them, they are hands down the most formative time that we have had. God was doing, because it sounds awful, God was doing some of his best work, but We thought he was nowhere to be seen. Not because he was missing, but because he wasn't doing what we wanted. And sometimes we have to stop. And we have to ask ourselves, 
is Jesus missing? Or is he, not, is he just not doing what I want him to do? And we have to stop and we have to ask Jesus to reveal himself to us. And that takes immense courage. It really does. Because often, sometimes, sometimes we can be carrying a hoot or a disappointment for so long that actually it becomes part of who we are. That hoot or that disappointment becomes um, part of our actual identity. And letting that go can be really hard. Sometimes letting go of a hoot or a disappointment is really hard because we feel like if I let it go, it means I don't care anymore. If I let that hurt go, it means that I don't care about what happened. And yet that's not the case. Actually, sometimes letting go of the hurts and the disappointments doesn't mean that we don't care. It just means that we're free. Free to see where Jesus is in a given situation. Free to see um, what his plan might be. Because Jesus isn't missing. Sometimes he is just doing something that we don't like or we didn't expect. Because there is one truth that underpins all this. And and it is that Jesus is never missing. Jesus is always where Jesus is supposed to be. With the Father. Being Jesus. Mary and Joseph find Jesus and they find him in the temple and Mary's given him a row and she says, what on earth were you doing? And Jesus doesn't get it. Jesus doesn't realize Jesus was lost because Jesus wasn't lost. And Jesus says to them, he says, how do you not know where I would be? He says, I have to be with my father in my father's house. I have to be with the father, be in Jesus. And it's interesting because in some other um, translations, um, it, it said tonight, I think, um, I have to be with my, in my father's house. Um, but some other translations say, I have to be about my father's business. And what's the father's business? Well, God's business is simply telling the world that he sent his only son, Jesus, to be our savior. And that's what we find Jesus doing. Jesus is in the temple doing the business of the Father. He's telling people who he is. He's preparing them to meet with him. We realize that it's not Jesus who is lost. It is Mary and Joseph who are lost because they don't yet know who Jesus is. When we find ourselves, and maybe uh, some of us are sitting here tonight thinking Jesus is missing right now. Jesus is not missing. You might just be a little bit lost right now. 
And I don't mean this as some kind of spiritual victim blaming that if you can't know where Jesus is right now, it's your fault because you're a bad person and you got it all wrong. That's not what I'm saying. There is no guilt and there is no shame in any of this. We all are like this at times. But the truth is, Jesus isn't missing. Jesus is always Jesus. He's the same today, tomorrow, and yesterday. He is Jesus, and he is with the Father, being Jesus. And wherever we find ourselves, Jesus is always right by our side, even if for whatever reason, at the moment, we can't see him. It just means that sometimes... We need to take a moment and we need to rediscover where Jesus is. Sometimes it means we just need to take a moment and and see if in the busyness we have left Jesus behind. To see if we have just been looking in the wrong places or whether or not we are truly asking him to reveal himself in any given situation. Jesus is never missing. It's just that sometimes we can't quite see him. And I guess after all this wittering on, I've been asking the wrong question. Because perhaps my question shouldn't have been, is Jesus missing? My question probably should have been, are we where Jesus is? I'm going to ask the band to come up uh, and join me and um, we're going to pray. And I've witted for a little while, so if you need a little shufty, have a little shufty um, in your pew and take a moment. Close your eyes if that's helpful and just settle yourself before God just for a moment. just think for a second, where am I in my life? Not right now, you're sat in church, but where am I? And do I know where Jesus is right now? When was the last time I checked in with him? Have I inadvertently or unintentionally left Jesus behind? Let's just take a moment to ask Jesus to help us to be really honest with ourselves. Have we been looking for him in the wrong places? Are we grumpy with him? Are we hurt or disappointed? Perhaps wherever we are, 
perhaps we could just take a moment to go right back to the beginning. In order to find Jesus, Mary and Joseph had to go back to the beginning, back to where they started. And let's just take a moment to remind ourselves who Jesus is. Jesus, the only Son of God who was sent to be our Saviour. Sent to free us from sin and death. So let's go back to the beginning. Let's acknowledge our own need for a saviour. Let's confess our sins to him. And ask him to draw us back to himself. Thank you, Jesus, that you make a way for us. Let us each accept God's forgiveness for ourselves. And if you think perhaps that you're not worthy, then let me tell you, you are. Because God says so. Because Jesus' actions on the cross for you say so. And as forgiven people, let us be in God's presence. Bring to him wherever you are. Ask him to reveal himself to you afresh tonight. That we might know more of his truth, more of his ways. as we acknowledge our own need for Jesus as we find him afresh again for ourselves let us pray for all those who are lost for those who have wandered off his path for those who are yet to find him for the first time for those in our families, for those in our circle of friends, for those in our, in our communities that we long to come to know Christ. And as we pray for those difficult situations in our own lives, let us pray for those others who face difficult situations. for all those who are living in conflict, for those who are living with the consequences, for those who are struggling with the cost of living and loss and grief and so many other things. God, we just ask that you would reveal yourself to those people. We pray that you would use us and our words and our actions that we might radiate your light to others so that they might see you. And we pray for your church, Lord, not just the buildings, but us as your gathered people. May we reflect your ways. May we hold fast to your truth. May we be a people 
who desire and long to help others find their way to you. Lord, may we be people who are always where you are.